Hello and welcome to the Get Around It podcast. I'm Ben Gray and alongside me, as they always are, we have Zach Mankin and Tim Pereira. Today, we're going to be talking about the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals in the NBA, plus how the Clippers can bounce back next year. But first, what a week in the National Football League. We had some serious injuries in week two, didn't we? Oh my God. Like, honestly, it's like Gob was like, you know what? Half the league can just go down. I think... Like, let me let me list some major injuries. We got Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley, Cortland Sutton, and Bruce Irvin, all with ACLs. Christian McCaffrey and Jimmy G with two high ankle sprains. Drew Locke with a sprained AC joint. Devontae Adams hamstring and Tyrod Taylor a chest injury, forcing um forcing Justin Herbert to come like to to find out that he was starting his first ever NFL game. I think three or four minutes before the game even started. I mean, those are all, like you said, huge names. Um, the biggest one, when, when I first saw, obviously, the injury report for the week two, the biggest one for me that jumped out was obviously Devontae Adams because, you know, mm. the Packers didn't really give uh, A.A. Ron a lot of help this year. Seeing him out with a hamstring, I was like, this is not good for the weeks to come. But as it turns out, it seems as if it's just a light hamstring sort of injury. He sort of sat out the rest of the game after he got injured just as a precaution. So for me, I mean, I feel like I'm willing to ignore that injury. But out of the other names you listed, Tim, what do you reckon is the biggest loss? Look, Christian McCaffrey has to be up there <laughs> along with – but I think the biggest loss would be Saquon because he's out for the season. Oh, 100%. 100%. He's out for the season. And who have the Giants got? <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. Daniel, Daniel Jones, like – He's young. He might have some flair. He may he may produce some uh, Minshew magic. Of are you about the, to seriously um, diss Danny Dimes? We are not. We do not we don't do tolerate that Danny Dimes slander on this podcast, Tim. I just don't know how you go from Eli Manning to Daniel Jones. <laughs> like, God damn. Come on, boys. But yeah, the, the Saquon, Saquon needs no... There's no comparison. He's out for the season. He's, he was injured last year. Just give that man a break and an offensive line. God damn. Yeah. Look, let's be on. No, but let's be honest. The Saquon injury turns them from a a, a four win team into a, probably a three win team. Mm. So, like, I don't know. I look at the McCaffrey injury, and that's that is like the season over. That is gone for that whole team, and that one hurts because we all love a bit of run CMC. I think. I think for me, and I guess because I'm so high on <laughs> high on him, Drew Locke being out for two to six weeks mm. with the sprained AC joint. I mean, I know that this team is a year away from being a year away, but I really did have higher hopes for this team. But seeing him be out, I think for a max for a possible six weeks, this team is not going to be good. This team has had a lot of injuries already, um, and so that's just another one, another guy you're going to have to lose who was really going to be a big name this year to have a lot of development and play as many games as possible. It kind of just sucks to have to see that happen. I was just going to say, for our point of view, I think our three teams came out unscathed. Pretty much, which is the one uh, positive we could take away. Um, <laughs> speak on. for yourself. Speak for yourself. We lost Bruce Irvin, our linebacker. Uh, okay, I'll, let me rephrase. Ben, <laughs> <laughs> that's a win for us. Yeah, bear down, baby. We, we, we hey. don't get injured. We just get Come on now. That's all that happens. <laughs> um, back to you. Back to your point about Christian um, McCaffrey Mankin. Um, it does say that he is only out for four to six weeks. How big of an impact do you think those four to six weeks is going to have um, on that team? Look, I haven't seen their schedule, but if I was a, if I was a betting man, <laughs> t- 
I'm pretty much looking at a one and well, probably one win out of six weeks without him. Like he is their offense. That is it. And I think he had the most touches in the league last season by like a fair margin, at least by per game averages. And yeah, like that's he's their offense. So losing him's mm. gutting to them. Yeah. Well, should we move into our weekly buy and sells? If you haven't heard our last week's uh, podcast, what we do is we go every week, we look at the whole National Football League, we can talk about a team or an individual, and we buy if we think that from last week's performance, we think that there's a huge potential for growth in the future, and we sell if we think that this week's performance is kind of, you know, knocking back a peg for the future. Um, Tim, give us your sell for the week. My sell? <laughs> oh, I think it's easy now. The Minnesota Vikings, Oof. more importantly, Captain Kirk. Oh, oh no. <laughs> give him God. a break. Give him a oh, break. Man. I'll give him a break once he gives the offense a break. Three turnovers, three interceptions, <laughs> zero touchdowns, 11 for 26, 113 passing yards with a 9.3, a 9.3 QBR. Like, I didn't even know it went that low. Holy moly. And like he, he he took a he took a safety for the second week, so we already know that he's trying to, I guess, extend the play too long when it, all he has to do is throw the ball away and make sure it goes out. 175 total yards compared to the 354 yards which the Colts put up, which is just inexcusable. It's the first time that they've had an 0 and 2 record since 2013, and I think the worst stat and the worst kind of. Um, the worst thing is that they've lost five out of their six last games, including the playoffs. Like they're just not in good form, and there's no con- they, it's it's not cohesive. Uh, I just don't see I don't see a future for them, especially in that division. Yeah, no, I'm the same as you. My sell was Mike Zimmer's future employment status as a head coach. So <laughs> Love it. we're on Love the same it. page there. Look, they're zero two, and the next three games are at Titans, and then they got the Texans, and then they've got at Seattle. Like that's easily, five. that's looking at best one and four. Oh my goodness! And who do they who do they beat? Look, it's Captain Kirk. Maybe versus the Texans, he doesn't stuff it. Oh up. yeah, hundred percent. I could see. I could see there. that. But I don't know. Then again, who knows? But look, it's not just not just Captain Kirk. Their defense has been the second worst in the league so far. Mm. Eight hundred and seventy six yards they've given up. They lost to a Colts team led by 45-year-old <laughs> Phil Rivers. Like, come on, man. They just lost to the Jags and you lose to them. It's, I don't know, Mike Zimmer, if they're 0-5, Vikings are not known for being a patient, well-run organization. So mm-hmm. uh, I think the Vikings season can be, is probably over if they have another one. <laughs> Wow, that is an early call. Mm. So, what you're saying well, it's it, the season's over if they're zero and five, or are you saying if they lose the next game? Well, it's definitely over if they're zero and five. But if they lose, yeah, if, they go, if they go zero and three, they're not winning wow. the playoffs. That's just that. Oh, true I'd in love, that division. Yeah, I'd love to know the history on it as well. If your team goes zero and three, but nah, man, it over. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And a little side note, Stefan Diggs, who used to play for the Vikings, I think had 156 passing yards, uh, receiving yards. <laughs> so he had more receiving yards. Oh my gosh. Then Kirk had passing yards. Like, God damn. Oh, Kirk. You can't be paid all that money 
and all that guaranteed money and just put up a hundred thirteen <laughs> yards and three interceptions. Like, hey, yes, you can if it's guaranteed money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's just good that's just good business could kirk become the next fitzpatrick fitzmagic oh. don't you dare kirk's not on captain, fitzmagic's level captain kirk <laughs> has had some special <laughs> moments no, no, man. No. Uh, what about you ben what about you so I also watching watching all the games this weekend. When I saw when I saw Kirk Cousins do what he did, I he was my guaranteed sell until I watched the Falcons Cowboys game. So my sell for this week for this week is the Falcons' ability to hold a lead. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Um, which which you would think is already pretty low, but I'm willing I'm willing to put it even lower. Um, they had a twenty to nil lead in the first quarter, um, which was insane. They were forcing fumbles. The defense was forcing fumbles all over the shot for Dallas uh, in the first half. However, then something just flipped the switch. Second half, Dak and Ezekiel Elliott just came out and went, you know what, I'm about to, I'm about to go ham. Uh, get this for a comeback. They were leading by 15 points with five minutes to go. Then Mike McCarthy made an awful decision on the second last touchdown. Instead of just taking the field goal and saying, make this a one possession game, he decided to go for two, uh, <laughs> messed up. So it was a two possession game with a minute. To, it was like, oh my gosh, with, with like a minute 40 to go. He was like, you know what? Let's just make it a two possession game. Cowboys go down. They score again. They get the onside kick in a league where the onside kick has now been completely negated. Somehow the Cowboys are able to get the onside kick. They go down and they kick the field goal to win the game. All what? That, yeah, that was game. That? that game was two losing organizations doing everything in their power to lose, <laughs> <laughs> and it came down to who wanted it more. And it came down oh to the onside God. kick, and the Falcons wanted to lose that game more because oh my god, the the special teams unit who would just watch the ball sort of come towards them. They didn't have any sense of, you know, if we just grab this ball, it won't matter whether whether it goes 10 meters or not. Yeah, like, it's just like, surely one of them just tapped the other on the shoulder and said, hey, let's like jump on the ball. Let's just, <laughs> end oh it. like, God. just don't, like, jump's too strong a word. Just fall, literally fall <sighs> on the ground on top of the ball and you win. God, yeah. That was that was a tough watch, and it, and it was it was it was even tougher just because Matt Ryan also had a great game. He threw for two seventy three mm. yards, four touchdowns. That's a really solid game, and mm. now it's forgotten because the Cowboys won in the last second. Do you I know mean, what's amazing? With three minutes to go in the fourth, the Falcons had a win probability of ninety nine point nine percent. Only the Falcons could manage to mess that up, and even worse, they lost to the Cowboys. Oh, them boys. And now them everyone's getting back. hyped. They're getting hyped. <laughs> I will admit, I will admit, them boys did look good when they decided to turn it on. Mm. Uh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> really? No. Well, like, I no. don't know what you mean. They gave up, they gave up nearly 40. And like, they, yeah, they, but, yeah, had... they won. It dumps it down. And also zero turnovers against the Atlanta Falcons. Like zero yeah. turnovers and one sack. Yeah, the offense, though. The offense. Dak threw for 450 yards. No, that's the defense of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't put 40 on Atlanta, I, I will cut you the next day. Well, should we flip it around, Zach? Let's flip it around. I have, for my buy, Patriots are going to win the AFC East. Oh, um, okay. Oof. 
as far as losses go, can we admit that's about as impressive of a loss you can have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ben, 100%. ben, I want you to say it with me. And Supercam is in the building. Supercam is one hundred percent. Oh man, I got some of the stats for his two games: seventy-one percent completion, five mm. touchdowns, six hundred and seventy-five yards with only one turnover. Hello. Except this is his most passing yards in since twenty eleven, mm-hmm. and these Patriots are an absolute beast in the red zone. Uh, can I throw one more stat at you? Actually, before you say that, uh, on the weekend against Seattle, Supercam accounted for ninety five percent of the Patriots' total offensive yards. <laughs> God damn. Far out. Like, Incredible. I'm sorry, and not only the fact that the Patriots are looking good, but I don't think the Bills are. I don't think the Bills are going to beat the Patriots. Like, they're not going to beat the Patriots if it came down to it in the last game of the year. Like, I just don't see that happening. I mean, I think, did you see Josh Allen this week, though? Mm. I did, but I saw the second game of Belichick and Cam Newton look as, mm-hmm. like, seamless. Mm-hmm. And they lost, to a, they lost to a good team and a quarterback that's playing pr- probably the best in the league at the moment. And they nearly beat him, and they had a chance to at the end there, so... I got Patriots win the AFC East, and I think that's a. I'm feeling pretty safe about that. That's a bold bet, especially coming off the fact that Josh Allen just threw for 400 yards with four touchdowns. That is minor details, Ben. Minor details. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, also completing 24 out of his 25 passes. Are you guys just haters? Do we not? No, no. Because guess what? Because guess what? I've got the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> like God, we are good. But we are good, Tim. Like, I, I I was a bit hesitant to say they were going to win the um the the division. I, they're definitely making the playoffs. Um, but to go on the road to Seattle, even though I know there's no home field advantage, really. But you know, you're on the road. You're not at home. Second game with your coach. You know, like you said, throwing for almost 400 yards, uh, a touchdown, um, uh, and two uh, pu- uh running touchdowns. His arm strength, which was the thing that got me, looked incredible considering, you know, all the, I guess, the adversity and stuff uh, that people have said about it. And that's kind of what uh, a lot of people don't like about him. Um, and he had some brilliant throws, albeit against a, um, an injured secondary. They were incredible. The, and the O-line, the offensive line oh only God. gave up one sack. Mm. Did you see how much time he had? <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> like, like, I'm like... He could have had a picnic. Like, goddamn. <laughs> Edelman balled out as well. Edelman, Edelman killed it as a slot receiver. He was, I think it was, what, 151 yards? That's the best he's ever played yeah, since, yeah. Um, well, the best he's played since his um, MVP in the Super Bowl against the Rams. Yeah. And he just looks so composed under pressure. I don't really agree with the, um, with the final play call. I mean, I'm happy that it happened because, you know, it was quite predictable, but... You know, if they lined up like that, shot right, and maybe did a little pop pass to one of the tight ends, mm. that probably would have won them the game. But at the same time, it's just a classic between the Seattle Seahawks and the um and the Patriots. Every single time they play, it goes down to the wire. It doesn't matter who's playing. Doesn't matter what the um quarterbacks are. It's two brilliant coaches, two brilliant teams, and Cam Cam shined, and that's why. Yeah, I agree. I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs. If the Bills didn't. See, I'm, I'm, I'm so. I guess I've got contradicting feelings about the Bills because they offensively they played amazing. Like Josh Allen killed it. But then they they gave up what twenty three or something to the um uh to the Dolphins twenty eight twenty eight twenty eight twenty eight. My apologies. 
compared to week one when, you know, uh, the Pats kind of kept them pretty much scoreless. What what would they put up um, in week eleven? Yeah, eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Put up eleven against the, against the Dolphins week one. So yeah, Mankin, I love that. I love that sell. A oh, buy, sorry, I love that buy, and I'm I'm coming in with you. What about you, Benny G? I mean, I obviously I had Super Cam down. I'm going to give a quick shout out to my boy Kyler Murray on the Cardinals. You know, my boys tweet tweet. Uh, Kyler Murray, two eighty six <laughs> yards. It's going to catch. Don't worry, it'll catch eventually. I've waited a week. I've waited a week to hear that. <laughs> uh, it feels like I'm going to do it every week if if he keeps playing like this. Two hundred eighty six passing yards, uh, one passing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. The guy's a beast. Um, mm. I also had down Justin Herbert, like you said earlier. Yeah. Um, he only got, he actually, it's, as it turns out, he only got told he was going to start less than a minute before kickoff. Less than a and minute. And then yeah. less than a minute before kickoff. And then he put up, puts up 311 yards, uh, a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, one interception, which is possibly one of the worst things I'd ever seen. Um, he was keeping toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, managed a 10 minute drive to end the game, um, secured the field goal and really in the end just fell to Mahomes magic. Um, he was going to be my buy, mm-hmm. except for the fact in that same game uh, came my real buy, which was Harrison Butker's right foot. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> that man hit the 53-yard field goal, which was then called on a flag, got taken back to 58 yards, hit it, even though there was a timeout, and then took on his third attempt, 58 yards, hits it to win the game. God that damn. is one hell of a man. I, I feel for Justin Herbert because he had such an awesome game. It sucks that it was ruined by one of the best field goals I've ever seen. But... Man, Harrison Butker's right foot. I want to buy all my stock in that one. Holy moly! Did you see? Um, did you see Pat Mahomes' stats in the in the fourth quarter compared to the rest? Oh, it was disgusting, wasn't it? What did they, <laughs> it what was, did he have? I'm pretty sure it was like uh, eleven out of thirteen. Um, was it? Was it two touchdowns? Um, yeah. Or at least one touchdown? Uh, one hundred and thirty yards. <laughs> like, come on now. But yeah, I I agree. Probably more for your second point, uh, your first point in the Herbert, because, goddamn, t- to do that against the reigning Super Bowl champs, mm-hmm. but that kick, wow! Oh gosh, it was beautiful, and it it just it did take some Patrick Mahomes sort of magic. He had mm. I don't know if you saw that beautiful crossbody throw up, up the field. Like, God, man, just give the give this team a give the Chargers a chance, man. They really they really did try, but it just mm-hmm. feels like. No matter how much of a lead you you sort of secure on the Chiefs, that Patrick Mahomes is just going to come and he's just going to come for you. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's six and zero um, while while trailing by ten plus. Jesus <laughs> so so moral of the story: keep it close. Oh, <laughs> moral of the story: draft Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I tell you what, Mitchell Trubisky, listen, no. Hey, Mitchell no, Trubisky, I'm with you. This, did you see him this game? Wait, 2 and 0. Oh. Listen, he's 2 and 0. Oh. Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, well, actually, I'm not going to read the stats. Um, no, no. <laughs> hey, wins uh, a win. Wins a win. Wins a win. Okay. He's 2 and 0, oh, just like Patrick Mahomes. You know who's not 2 and 0? Oh? Deshaun Watson. So. Coincidence? Coincidence? Not, I don't think so. I think not. All right. I don't think so. Richard Trubisky is at least the second best quarterback in that draft class now. <laughs> Shall we move on to our five big games we've got lined up for next week? Mm-hmm. Love it. So we've gone through all of them. Five big games. We're going to try and I've chosen what I think the the uh, winning line is going to be for each game, but we'll see what you guys think. First game we got is Falcons at Bears, headlining week okay. three. We've, we've got mm-hmm. is probably a two and O team that no one rates. 
and an 0 and 2 team that people think are decent. So that's why I think <laughs> this is actually quite interesting. Falcons are favoured. What? By, oh my goodness! Yeah, you get you get three and a half with the Bears, and I look. I hey Trubisky, Trubisky for MVP. Let's keep it going. Chicago Wait, plus taking, three and a half. Man, I'm taking I'm taking Chicago every day. Surely, right? No, I, I'm taking the points. Tim, no. Yeah, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, I'm I'm yeah, I'll do it. I just Ooh, that sounds sounds reluctant. Um, it is. It is a little reluctant, mainly because of my man Julio and um, and, and Calvin Ridley. But like you said last uh, week, Julio did drop a sitter this week. Oh, though. Did you saw that. Ask all that. Oh my Butter, goodness, oh, that was. Oh, I don't know what what was going on there. Yeah. Look, if Trubisky's <laughs> ever going to have like a normal game as a quarterback against this defense, this is his time. I reckon he can break twenty. Yeah. That's my big. That's my big. <laughs> Bear call. down, baby. Bear Bears down, off, baby. <laughs> Bears offense breaks twenty against the Falcons. Um, second, we've got Rams at Bills. Where, mm. look, you guys mm. know I'm high on the Rams. So, I look, and I'm not that high on the Bills. So, mm-hmm. Rams are favoured by, sorry, Bills are favoured by two and a half. So, yeah, I, I took the Ram. I took the Rams plus two and a half because I think the Rams are decent. I think they're a better team. I, the Rams were a great, I played great this week and they were almost my buy. Um, oh man, that is a tough two and a half. Yeah. So less oh, than Tim, what do you goal. think? Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go Rams mainly because I think they're gonna win that game. Yeah. So if 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 they're giving me points, then yeah, why not? Bills have played the Jets, and then they played the Dolphins, <laughs> and they only won that by three. Yeah. So we don't really yeah. know what the Bills are yet, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like what the heck? I'll take the Rams. I mean, I feel like that Josh Allen's not gonna have another game like that. Such a sheep. Right, right. Third game. See. <laughs> 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 you got Seahawks at them boys. We got Dangerous, yeah. who I don't know who's stopping Dangerous. That's really what it came down to. Guys threw nine TDs and only one interception. He's looking mm. like an MVP. He's looking like he might get an MVP vote, which I know is a big call. That, but that's all I want. <laughs> that is all I really? want. Really? I don't even know if he gets one. I don't know, man. You know, I reckon Trubisky gets one this year. And uh, <laughs> can Russell you imagine doesn't. a world where Mitchell Trubisky gets one? <laughs> Oh, Russell doesn't. Oh, okay. So Seahawks are favoured by five, and I took the under. I think Seahawks, the Cowboys are not good, man. Mm, They're not good. And the Seahawks, I don't know who's stopping Danger Russ. Mm. That is... Uh, but five's a lot. Five, five is, is a lot, a lot, which is why it makes me think, I don't know here. That's, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah. And something that I've thought about as well is you got the, um, the home field advantage for the Cowboys that kind of exists because they can get some... They can yeah, get some, some fans in there. Fan. Yeah, but it's the Cowboys. You know what? I, I, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Oh, uh, really? I never thought I'd say that. How does it feel? Oh, does nah. it feel? Uh, and I hate to do it to you, Tim. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys on that one. That's just... Mm-hmm. I feel like they, they build some momentum off of that comeback uh, and come in on... Well, I don't think they're going to stop Danger Us, but I just think Dak and Elliot will have another... Will, will at least play well from the start of the game. Oh, I'm going. Go on, I'm going Seattle. I'm going Seattle. I'm going Seattle. Uh, like I get what you mean, and and I I, I do think just mainly because of our defense, um, I think the Cowboys mm. might put on some points. But like, come on, Russ has got nine touchdowns and eleven incompletions, and most of those incompletions are because of drop balls. Like, yeah, no one's like like you said, making no one's stopping Russ. 
And who's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, sorry, um, Seahawks. Look, side note on the quarterbacks. I think Aaron Rodgers is still playing better at the moment than Russell. You're so stupid. Look, that just have a, a that look. Is a, that is have one a of the look. worst takes. That's that is so, worst you're takes. so stupid, Mankin. Have a that look. That is such a bad take, man. Bro. Saints of Packers is next. Shut your mouth. Look, just Saints watch Packers. this week. I want you to watch this week. Just, he's passed the eye test. All right? So stupid. Do you mean to put some stats on your ass? Or are you Bro, gonna... we can take this outside later. All right? <laughs> I, God damn. Um, it may be because I have money on Aaron Rodgers, but MVP. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, I got to respect, I gotta respect I'm just, a bit. I'm trying to build the hype train early because I'm worried that people are forgetting. <laughs> So he dangerous. <laughs> he's, he's come on, guys. So we got Saints at Packers. Saints are three and a half point favorites. Which <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Way, baby. I don't know yeah, who. I don't know who easy. watched. I was like, I was wondering who watched the game today. It obviously wasn't the betting companies. Are you 100 percent sure that it's not? Is that like fully updated? Well, are you about to tell me that it's not? No, 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 no. I, I, ha- I haven't actually... Look, no, that's shit. right. I just searched it up. Don't yeah. worry. That's right. I just looked for you. Wow. That's completely right. I know where to find my betting odds. They have, some, they have some faith in the Raiders <laughs> to be like... Like, the Packers lead the league in, in yards and points. Like, I don't know where the Saints come to the equation as favorites, but hey, more money for us. So I'm we're all taking Packers, I'm right? assuming we're all taking Packers... With the extra three and a half points. God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. Just making sure. Right. And then our, and then our last one, big. this is the big one. Chiefs at Baltimore. You got the two best two best young QBs in the league. It could be an, I could be an AFC Championship game preview. Mm. Obviously, my Ravens, let's be honest, they've been faultless. Haven't had much of a challenge yet, but they've been faultless. Um, Ravens are three-point favorites, which really was tough for me to choose because, you know, you're getting the Chiefs and a field goal. But I went Ravens minus three. Oh, my God. Of course you did. Of course you did. Who's stopping? I don't know who's stopping us. It's not not Pat Mahomes. It's the Chiefs. Uh, It's the Chiefs. You said uh, two of the best quarterbacks. Well, one of the teams has the best quarterback in the league. Um, No, it's true. it's not the Ravens. And it's not the Ravens. (laughs) Uh, it's Mahomes, and uh, I feel like I'd be it'd be wrong for me to bet against Mahomes, so I'm taking the Chiefs. Come on, Tim. God, I'm in such a crossroads at the moment. Come on, Tim. Baltimore. Baltimore's defense. Don't think of the offense of other team. Think of the defense. It's not really no, about I'm the thinking, quarterbacks. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about your offense versus uh, the Chiefs' defense. Come on now, pig. But whoa, the whoa. points. But the points. Yeah, but it's in Baltimore, baby. I don't care where it is. It's Patrick the goddamn Mahomes. Like, he does not care. Come on, dude. I'm going to reluctantly go... Oh, my God. No, you know what? I'm going to cautiously go the Chiefs. Nice. I like this your use of adjectives there. 50, 51% Chiefs, 49% Ravens. 51% dumb idiot. And then <laughs> <laughs> he was so close to being right. I'm sorry, Ravens win yeah. this. We are I got a gut, so good. I got a gut feeling you do win it, but I, I can't bet against Mahomes. And I don't want to. You'd be wrong to do that. 
and I don't. I, just, want, I, just, I was don't gonna say, I just think you don't want to bet. I just think you don't want to bet with me. You don't want to bet on the Ravens. Ah, <sighs> the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow, wow, we got dogs versus talent. Dogs versus talent. We've got the Miami Heat. Versus the Boston Celtics. Heat currently up 2-1. Boston. I liked how they attacked the rim this game. Game three. Really liked it. I thought Gordon Hayward looked pretty decent in his comeback. And I think he's going to make a big contribution. Um, as he did in game three. The stats didn't favor him too much. Six points. Um, five rebounds, four assists. My main thing was the three seals and one blocks in 31 minutes. Um, he... Uh, yeah, he's, he just spaced the floor and allows Brad Stevens to kind of, um, I guess, pl- he, he'll he pl- be able to play his best lineup. And, you know, that's Walker, Brown, Smart, Tatum, and, of course, Gordon. And, and short on the rotation, Celtics have a lot of guys who can get their own and finish at the rim. But, God damn, that heat team. Dogs. <laughs> the dogs. Dogs. Oh. I mean, if I fe- it feels like Jimmy G... Jimmy G, bam, like you said, I think I just... Oh, Jimmy G is coming into his own here in Miami. I think for a long time, we've sort of seen him on the precipice of being this guy. And he is just... He has taken this opportunity and just ran with it. Oh, my God. And I think Bam's obviously incredible block. Mm. I mean, what do you... I mean, I, I, it's it just feels so wrong. Because I know that some people in this... Some people on this call uh, don't like the Heat and think that the Celtics are going to win. But I am 100% on for this Heat team. Whether it goes to seven or not, this Heat team is wa- wants this more than that Celtics team. Now, Mankin. Yeah. Well, Mankin. Ben's, Ben's brought it on to where I'm at from what I've seen for the last three games. <laughs> where it's literally like one team's more talented, has more options. Argu- it's arguable, but probably has a better coach. Um, probably more battle tested in yeah, a way yeah. that they've made so many Western conference finals, but then one team's got mm-hmm. dogs. And literally <laughs> uh, there is no. just there there's no way to measure it except when you watch them and you just think to yourself, I just don't see how they lose. Mm. Like I don't I oh, the Boston are just so frustrating because everything on paper tells you they should win this. I think and they've got four four of them are averaging twenty or more so far in this series. Like they're doing everything they're right. Still not winning. <laughs> like I don't understand what it is. I just don't think. I don't think Tatum and Brown are like are ready. I just don't think they are I don't young. Think, yeah, but I know. But they're young in age, but they've had a lot of playoff experience for their age. Mm. I blame a little bit of it on Kemba. Kemba's supposed to come in and be the old, the old dog. Oh, come on, and he's man! Just not Cardiac Kemba. Cardiac hey. Kemba, in those last closing minutes, him and Daniel Tice mm-hmm. link up so mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So well. Which Look, game, is something yeah. that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are not going to be able to do. Yeah, game three, I think, is a good sign for people that picked the Celtics beforehand. Mm. Um, but but can they do it three more times? If they, could, if they play like they did in game three, they win the series. But you even go back to the Raptors series. Like, that series should not have been close. It should not have gone mm. seven. But Boston just don't have that. I guess like that killer instinct to just, you know, mm. close out a team. But these Miami Heat, oh, God damn, they do. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, yeah. game two was a perfect example of what you were saying where they're not able to close out because they were 
up big heading into the half in game two and then just collapsed mm. in the third quarter. And the Heat yeah. took the game. Because the Heat, the, once, once the Heat get a sniff, I think, they just they will take that and just run with it. Yeah. It's going to come down to the fact that Boston won't be able to steal a game off Miami. So if they're going to win, they're going to have to just win like they did in game three, which is just by being mm-hmm. a, a completely better team. Because if it came down to a 50-50 game, I don't think anyone would bet um, Boston would come out on top of a 50-50 game. Mm. No. And the so, other thing is, yeah, like you said, Ben, in game two, they let that big lead at the half slip. And even in game three, they almost, the heat went on a run. Like the scoreline doesn't really reflect how the game was. It was close up until the very end. And I just don't know. Like, do the dogs have enough to stop Boston's depth and talent? I think they do. do the, the, the real question I reckon, and I pose this to you two, is first of all, if Boston's depth and talent beat out the dogs, do they have enough to beat the Lakers? Or even, I guess, even, even you know, take it to a game six or seven? And that's the same question, I guess, if, if them dogs in Miami um, go to the finals. What do you reckon is, is kind of, I guess, the... Um, I guess the scenario, like, do they win or do they get a game on them or two games or force a game seven? Um, if it was possible, Lakers would win it to three if it was against the Celtics. <laughs> like, I think that series ain't close. Like, I just don't see it all. Mm. Miami's funny because I, I just don't think we can... There's no way of, like, measuring how good Miami are because they've just come from nowhere. So I'm not going to say what... I would, assume that I would still pick the Lakers to beat the Heat, but I would have no guess on how many games that would go. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, the Heat are a better are a better matchup against the Lakers because of Bam. I mm-hmm. think if you've got Daniel Tice and Ines Cantor guarding Anthony Davis, you're going to have a bad time. Whereas if you have someone like Bam who's go, who's going to front up against Anthony Davis, I think you stand a chance because it, it, it seems at the moment, and it gives us a great segue into the Western Conference Finals. It, mm-hmm. What we've seen at the moment from the Western Conference Finals is AD has been showing out mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, he's been the best player on the court in that Western Conference Final Series by, I think, by a sizable margin, even though I love Bron Bron. And he's been 31 and That's reflected in the stats. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, he's been unbelievable. That shot he hit, that had Mm. no right to go in. Mm -mm. Yeah, game two game winner was incredible. I mean, that's... Because if they don't hit that, like I think you were talking about it during the week, Megan, was if they don't hit that, you know, it's a one-off series. Mm. Yeah, it's it just, yeah. It'll it'll just looks reminiscent to the Clippers series if it's one one because it's kind of like Lakers are the better team, but we're here we are at one all. If mm. you didn't hit it, and then do, but yeah, do we see this series at all having a chance of being more than four or five games? Yeah, mm. I think yeah, I think the Tim, way, yes, I, I think the way Denver, I think I think they get a game on them. I just think. The, the only problem with, well, not the only problem, but one of the massive problems with Dan- Denver is they've played four more games than the Lakers have. The Lakers yeah. in the first two rounds have got to, you know, beating the teams in five. The Lakers have gone to games, oh, not Lakers, sorry, the um, the Nuggets have gone to game seven in both both of their series. Like, and they are hard fatigue, series, series yeah. wins as well. Like fatigue has to start to like kick in. Yeah, so, I would have gone the other way with that. I kind of think that, because they've had such a big break, I feel like Denver are just like they're kind of like tunnel vision at the moment. Like they're just like there's just no thought process because they've been playing so much and all these games they've had, 
have been so important because they would have had what? So they've had six elimination games already mm. in these playoffs. If you think of the two, three game, yeah, six games, yeah. six elimination games. So I don't know. I'm, I would guess it goes six. If I had to guess mm-hmm. now, I still think Denver win two more mm-hmm. and we finish at game six because they've been unbelievable at coming back when no one expects them to. Mm. Now, can I pose yeah. you a quick question? LeBron killed it in the first half of game two. He had 20 points, um, I think, what, on some, like eight or nine shooting or something like that? Mm-hmm. What do you think happened to him in the second half? Did he just let AD cook or did he just... Because his, you know, his field goals were 10, 10 from 20, three from eight from three point, and he only had four assists. Like, it's almost like he completely collapsed in that second half. And I love that. Don't get me wrong. LeBron, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not talking at all any crap about him. I'm just asking or merely posing a question. Is he getting to that point where he can't close out games? Or is he letting AD do it, like, I guess, take over that team? And is it almost that transition before the finals? I feel bad saying this. I kind of don't want to say it, but he's it's a it's a passing of the tour. I don't think LeBron's going to close games after this year, like, or at least AD is going to be the number one. AD is the number one dude mm. going forward, and that's not because I just mm-hmm. he's just he's old, man. Like I love LeBron, but he's old. It's I just yeah, think it's understandable. Like what? It's the seventeenth season. He doesn't want to close. I think he wants to transition into someone who like he did league to lead lead the league in assists. I think that's what he wants to trans- transition into. I think he's mm-hmm. going to let AD cook. I think starting next year, I think we're going to see a, defin- a definitive shift towards LeBron. Like this is LeBron's, um, sorry, this is AD's team over LeBron's. Yeah. Um, I've, I do have a question, uh, like building off of what you said, Tim. Let's say that you're the, de- you're the opposition and mm-hmm. you have to put your best defender on either AD or LeBron and it's the last two minutes of the game. Who are you putting your best defender on? LeBron. LeBron still. I think LeBron. I think Le- oh, I think LeBron. Oh, it depends though, because if, <laughs> if your best defender is six six five, then okay. Let's say it's Bam. Let's let's uh, say it's, let's say it's a finals preview. Your best defender is Bam. Oh God. And he can, he can defend LeBron and he can defend AD. Don't Who make me answer defending? this. Don't make me answer this, Ben. I think because I think we know who's going to be. Defending AD. AD is better in a one-on-one situation than LeBron is. So you put your best defender on AD. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but LeBron's yeah. so much more versatile. Yeah, I, like, ugh, I just think he can do more with the ball in his hand, whereas AD can do a lot more with the ball in his hand um, and um, and without it. As in LeBron, LeBron doesn't necessarily get his own... Sh- it doesn't kind of, I guess... Um, play off ball all that often, especially on a like on a fast break. It's different, especially when Rondo's on the court because you know Rondo mm. can play that traditional point guard and and push the floor. So LeBron's running the transition line, and you know they get a lot of baskets off that. But I think AD is just so much more versatile at this current point because he can you can put him in the post. You can you can even you can even ISO him. Like you know he used to play point guard. He's got them handles. Yeah, I'm kind of okay, like for got, what you guys got... are saying. Oh, I was just gonna say if you need someone to go get a bucket on the Lakers. Like give yes. the ball to someone to get a bucket. I think that's a better way. Because, or, or conversely, what I was thinking is if you were if you were Mike Malone in the Nuggets on that final play, who were you more worried about taking that last shot, AD or, or LeBron James? Yeah, I think it's probably AD. LeBron still. Just still on the LeBron. last shot, I think on the last shot, which which leads to AD taking that last shot. If you know what I mean. Like, do you remember when? Yeah, remember that game? Um, I think it was against the Nuggets when, uh. 
Vogel drew up this incredible play where um, it was a fake to LeBron, 80. It was also a fake to 80, and then Kuzma hit it from the three. Yes. Yeah, that was a good play. I think, I think what happens now is either LeBron, they fake it to LeBron and give it to AD or vice versa. I feel like it's an even playing field almost. So do you think that like AD is kind of getting the benefit of the doubt of we'd rather AD takes the shot than LeBron, which then leads to AD getting better stats, getting these game winning moments because people are more worried about LeBron taking those shots? I don't know because AD is a baller. It's a tough he is question. a baller. I think it's a, such a benefit for both of them to have each other. Yeah, they complement each other so well, don't they? Because you've got two top five players and no other team has two top five defenders to match up with them. So no matter what, like, there's mm-hmm. going to be a gap for one of them to exploit against every single defense a team can throw at them. Mm. So, you know, if they've got a really mm. good big, LeBron's got a free run because AD can bring him out, which is why I think also against Bam... AD can bring Bam out, and then suddenly who's going to protect the rim for Miami mm-hmm. if LeBron's freight training down the middle? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like not, Jimmy G's chances. Mm, Do you? Against Bronson? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like his chances better than anybody on the Nuggets team. Yeah, yeah but that's not what we asked. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just chances in general. <laughs> like the only you, team... I think he's... Yeah. Come on, man. The only team that would have... The only team that has been built to beat the Lakers is the Clippers, and where are they now? Yeah, they had. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to talk Atlanta Falcons um, collapses. Let's just move oh on God. over. So last week we talked about the Houston Rockets and how we were going to fix that abysmal situation. Uh, as you said, Megan, in an awful collapse from the Clippers in these playoffs, from a three-one lead to blowing out in the second round. How do we fix this team? Quick side note, how funny was that? <laughs> how funny was watching them lose? <laughs> God. I think game seven was incredibly hard to watch. Holy God. moly. Seeing Kawhi and Pandemic P just <laughs> not ball out at oh. all. God. That was a tough watch. It was almost embarrassing. Like, but that moves us on to the off season. Do we want to start with coaching? Because I've got a couple of comments for Big Bad Doc. Okay. Okay. I love, what do you got? I love Doc. His voice mm-hmm. is one of my favorites in the NBA. But <laughs> at the end of the day, he isn't paid multi-million dollar contracts to speak really funny. He's paid to coach. And you go through his history of coaching, which I'd never really done before. Because it's just kind of like a thing. Everyone's like, oh, Doc's a great coach. And I've never really thought about it before. But I'm yeah. just looking at it. He's had coach for 20 years. He had five years of the big three in Boston. Then he's had four years of Blob City. And then he's had this year with this Clippers team assembled. In that time period, he's made two finals and won one chip with the Boston Celtics in 08. And never won a coach of the year yeah. with those 10 years of that team. Hmm. That in itself's a problem. Ooh. And obviously, the stat that we've all seen come out is he's blown the most 3-1 leads by one coach. <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, it's his player-friendly style, which is probably why he's so well-renowned in the league because players love him. So naturally, it, that kind of filters into everyone. But I think he said uh, after his game, after game seven that no matter what happened, he was going to play his guys at the end because that's just what he does because he trusts them. But 
I think that's where having a coach that's obviously you want a coach that's good with the players, but you need someone who can step back and make the tough decision. That's not always the most popular decision. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm starting to question if Doc is the kind of person that's willing to potentially tarnish a relationship with a particular player in for the better, for the better sake of the team. So I don't know what you guys think, but would you consider moving on from Doc at all? Well, funny you say that. I, for my coaching situation, I said yes. And the reason I said yes was because the Los Angeles Clippers have two incredible assistants on their payroll already Mm. in Ty Lue and Sam Cassell, who are both highly touted coaching prospects in this coming off season. I think if you get rid of someone like Doc Rivers and you promote, and I know people give him slack, you you promote someone like Ty Lue, who obviously has championship DNA, took the Cleveland Cavaliers to the finals with LeBron all those years. I think that's someone who, like you said, can make difficult decisions because quite often he had to play, he was playing with some players that weren't great and he had some fan favorites in there like J.R. Smith and sometimes he played them, sometimes he didn't and he's willing to just work with what he has and make the best of the situation. I think Ty Lue, instead of giving him to someone else, why not just promote it? Mm. And then yeah. moving on from that then, do you have any off-season, I guess, movements Oof. for the Clippers? God, you go first, Ben. You go first. Okay, I think the first off-season move that's essential is you bring back reigning six-man of the year, Montrez Harrell. Resign him, whatever it, whatever it takes, because he's the bench depth that you really need. Having him and Lou Will as pieces that you can bring off the bench and then keep on for the rest of the game, needed. Okay, I then but... had... Oh, yeah? Well, look, my thing with Montrez Harrell is what kind of contract do you think he's going to be after? Because I think he's going uh, to be asking I... for a bag. Mm. A big bag. I think that is the only issue, because at the moment, he was only on six million. So I think, he, I think that uh, yeah. that goes into double digits, one hundred percent. Oh, I think that goes into the high teens, flirting, flirting with a twenty with a twenty bomb. I, I was willing to throw out sixteen or eighteen million. Um, was my figure. However, in terms of a trade, and this one, and you know, I love I love trading with this team, and it's the Cleveland Cavaliers again, back to back weeks, and. You know, the Clippers are going to call the Cleveland Cavaliers up and they're going to say, you've got a center that I want in Andre Drummond. Okay. What do we think about the idea of bringing Andre Drummond to the Clippers? For who? So they give away Ivaka Zubac, who really wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, They give away Rodney Magruder for money. And they give away Patrick Beverly. Do you think the piss? Do you think the Cavs take that? The Cavs have so many point guards. Yeah, but what's another one? You get off Andre Drummond's contract. You get Zubak's cheap contract. Um, you get a dog in Beverly. Oh, and like there's not much draft capital to give away. But I think you're getting rid of the Andre Drummond idea. Um, and I had another. And then in terms of you're missing a point guard, Ben. Uh, if Goran Dragic doesn't re-sign with the Heat, wow. pick him up on the cheap. I think is the possibility. Love it. Cheap or, though. Or... Cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way he's been performing recently. Yeah, I, but I just, I think cheap enough. Patrick Beverly's getting paid quite a serious amount um, last time I checked, and I think you can get him for something similar. Okay. Okay. Look, I'll think now, about it. As a GM, I'll think about it, but <laughs> let's be, I'll be honest with you. Pure honesty, you haven't blown me away with a trade offer. Oh, okay. Why? Have you got anything interesting for me? Look, you guys know my feeling... Of Mr. Paul George. All right? Oh, no. Okay. Wow. Man's a, man's a cancer. 
He just is. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that is no understatement. A locker room cancer. If you heard his Game 7 comments, I think it's, they're not good. Apparently he had a big speech after Game 7 telling everyone to come back next year, which was met with eye, which was met with a few eye rolls considering he just yep. scored 10 points. Mm. <laughs> and gets paid $30 million. So and and the Clippers gave away five first round picks for him. Yeah, so I think a lot of those guys look at him like the core of that team. You know, your Lou Wills, your Montrez Harrells, your Pat Bevs, and think what we did without you, and then you've come in overpaid in the big moments. You you never come through. I just mm-hmm. think he's just not it. And I've got a few trade offers. I've been hard at work at the ESPN trade machine. <laughs> just. I've got four. Just have a think about them. I'll give you number one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this one's could be resounding no, but we'll just see. PG for Joel Embiid. No. For who? Both? And it, just, what? Just straight swap. Just a straight, straight swap. Well, you can add in bits and pieces, a few sides if you want, but... But the cap works. That's the main... Yeah, cap works. All these... I've, no cap? Cap works. I've checked. <laughs> I think you'd need to give up more on the Clippers side. Yeah, 100%. But, oh, see, well, that's good, though, because I think both sides would go for that if you gave up more on the Clippers side. Because... But I think, but that again brings back to that whole argument that they're currently having in Philly of do you keep Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? So that's mm. like, you keep I, ben Simmons. I think if you're Philly, but I mean, Joel Embiid. We're not doing this. Oh, no, we're, not doing a, this. <laughs> we're not doing it now. But I think Joel Embiid is one of the best centers in the league, if not the best, on a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trading him for someone who's just come off an awful year in pandemic P. Look, we'll we'll move on from it, but keep in your back pocket. <laughs> I've got this. Isn't this is just more the crux of each trade? You can add in the extras, but if you were for both sides, Chris Middleton and Bledsoe. For PG, that both I, I think both sides benefit off that. That I don't hate. Oh yeah, you don't I, hate I, it. I just don't on, think the Clippers think take that. Really? I don't. Oh, really? I think that the Bucks wouldn't take that because I think you're giving away two starting lineup players. Once I chucked in, a, chucked in a Lou Will for you, Ben. Oh, I like oh my that. god! If you chucked in Lou Will, that's a done deal. Yeah, so if I chucked yeah. in Lou Will, okay. So Lou Will I and think... Paul George for Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe, that's a done deal for the Bucks. I don't know if the Clippers yeah, would ever do that. That is a that is a tough that is a tough deal from the Clippers, especially five... unless the Bucks give up a first. Mm, especially because um, the Clippers have given up five five of their own, like five first round picks. Like, I... yeah, PG's only got one year left in his contract. He's got that player option. So yeah, well, what's Middleton? Middleton signed for a few more years. Yeah, Middleton secured. Yeah, and so is Bledsoe secured. Mm. I like that one. That's not uh, a bad one. That's my favorite out of the okay. two so far. Okay, well that just means you hate the other one, but we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> this one's there is room for a few extras, but the crux of it: Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon for pandemic. No. Well, so we yeah. go back, back to the paces. Back to the paces. Get him back. Uh, I don't think you're getting enough value if you're the Clippers. What about Miles Turner as well? Because that was the other Ooh, one I was sort of throwing in. That's there. huge. I think the Miles Turner is a huge one just because their center position is so weak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, okay, last one was probably my favorite. 
Kemba and Marcus Smart and future two first for two future first round picks for PG. That's so two point guards, two first rounders for Paul George. So now you've Don't. got a shooting guard, two sm- three small forwards. Um, oh, you can move people around. I guess you could play. Ugh, you Marcus Smart's not a point guard. Yeah, but you can fill in like. You guys are just. I think. I think if you're the. I think if you're the Celt. No, I think no, no, no. I think if you're the Celtics, you're giving away two players that are playmakers. Because I know Marcus Smart's like a shooting guard technically, but he's also he's quite a good playmaker for other people. Mm. Um, And if you're the Clippers, like you're getting more guards Mm. in a lineup that doesn't really need guards. Would you go? I don't know if this even works, but would you go Haywood and potentially? Um, oh well, Gordon Hayward's out of contract this year, isn't he? Is he's he? got a player option. A, yeah, he's got a player option. Oh, he's, player option! I forgot he's, about that. He's securing that bag. He's, he's going to secure the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. So, I'm sorry, what was your what was your trade, Tim? I don't even know if this is going to work, but Hayward potentially can't. No, Cantor. What? Who wants Cantor? Yeah. No. Maybe maybe Hayward. Uh, Haywood and potentially, oh, but if you give up Haywood and Kemba, that's way too much. I don't know if it is though. Or Haywood and Kemba, because then is. you're because you're left with Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Paul George. With with Smart manning the point. Yeah, like come on, and they can sort out. They can fill in the blanks, like fill in uh, the rest. But that's a good yeah. Cover. The ca- yeah, the only issue with that would be the cap. Yeah, which is no cap. But would it? Because what's Kem? What's Kemba? Wait, are you talking about the Clippers cap? Uh, yeah, because Kemba's making thirty-two, and Gordon Hayward's making thirty-two. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, they're so lucky. Brown and uh, well, at least Tatum is on his rookie contract still. Yeah, Brown's about, and Brown's extension's about to kick in next year. Yeah, <sighs> they're going to struggle to keep them players. Look, the main point mm. is, I think there's a trade out there for Paul George in which the Clippers come out of it with a. A more reliable Paul George through a few players. And I, I like think that the Bucks one. I think the most because I think the Buck. I think the Bucks one. Yeah, I agree. Is good because both sides would kind of want to do it. Yeah. Because the Bucks got to make a move because yeah, Giannis definitely. isn't going to stay if they don't make a move, and if you're the Clippers. You're like you're getting two very good players. You're sorting out defensive point guard with Bledsoe along with Kawhi now. Chris Middleton's a hell of a scorer. I think they're better off. I think both sides could potentially be better off because of it. I just think if you're the Clippers, you ask for a pick. I think I think I know Pandemic Peace had a bad end of the year, but he still is like we're forgetting two years ago he was a top three MVP candidate. You know? Yeah, this is yeah. this is a guy who on, on a good day is very good. But I don't know um, if the Bucks do just because of the player option with Paul George, because they're taking a gamble on the one year of PG. That is true. That's my only thing. Ugh. That's a tough one, though. Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's I, a hard. One. It's a hard one. But I do like the 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 idea of. They got to sh- yeah. They got to shop him. I think. I think Zach, we are witnessing a new dawn in golf. I think wow. we are witnessing. I think we are witnessing a, a complete change in the way people play. And it's down to one man, one big, chunky, muscly, huge man of Bryson DeChambeau. 
my God. That man this Sunday playing in the US Open. Wow. Wow. To come back and be the only one to shoot under par on a on the final day of a major. I almost found it underwhelming. I don't know about you, Mankin. What about what what what's your thoughts? A lot of thoughts going through my head. If anyone out there doesn't follow golf, which would be surprising considering it is golf. <laughs> but yeah. Bryson DeChambeau is probably one of the two most hated people in golf. I think him and Patrick Reed would fight that one out. Um, the superintendent of the golf course at Wingfoot said, if the winner shoots under par, he would quit. Mm. So the fact that Bryson DeChambeau did that on a course that was specifically designed to make sure no golfer could shoot uh, under par, it was a hell of an achievement. And... Yeah, it's one of those things. It's kind of like the if you think of like the small ball revolution in basketball, you think of money ball and baseball. It's kind of got this vibe about it where it's such a he has such a scientific approach to golf where it mm. takes a bit of the character out of it. But at the end of the day, a dub's a dub, and if you can do it and you can win, you can change. He changed his game within a few years to the point where he is now a a major champion. Other players mm. weren't too pleased about it though. I don't know if you saw some of the press conferences, but. Yikes. Yeah, Rory, were, especially. Rory. That's the angry, angry Rory. My word. Honestly, just, just because you haven't won in ages, don't <laughs> talk about a sore loser. God, complaining about the complaining about the uh what is it, the length of the rough. That's Did, it didn't low. bother it didn't bother Bryson. Like, come on now. Yeah, well last time I checked, you all played in the same the same rough. Exactly. It doesn't it doesn't <laughs> Oh, we can have a rant about this, Zach. My God. Oh, God. It's just so much but, ranting I want to do. But well, cr- credit, day, where, credit yeah. where credit's due. Bryson, well played. I mean, I thought Dustin Johnson had found out how to be as close to perfect, a.k.a. Tiger Woods, um, you know, in in the previous few rounds, uh, in the pre- previous few tournaments. And then Bryson DeChambeau decided to learn how to hit bombs. And just disregard, like you said, that incredibly thick rough. Can we talk about Matt Wolf for a second? Yeah, what like, a choke. What a what choke. That was a Falcons. Fa- talk about the weekend of just watching people choke. You got the Clippers, you got the Falcons, and then you watch Matt Wolf just implode. I thought, I thought it was Matt Ryan playing golf. Like, my yeah, God. God to, on, shoot, to shoot plus, plus five on a Sunday in an open. Yeah. In a major. It was just sad because we all wanted DeShambo to lose. Yes. No one wanted DeShambo to that's win. Like, that's really what it was about. It wasn't really the fact. No one could actually care less if Matt, Matt Wolf won it. It was just the fact that Bryson DeShambo won it because Matt Wolf played bad. Yeah. Now, Zach, you may contest to this, but I, I said it a bit before, um, but did you not think that the win was a bit lackluster? It was just, I, I felt like it was very anticlimactic. anticlimactic especially to win by six strokes in, you know, like we're so used to the, the, you know, the final kind of day being one, you know, you've, you've got three people in the hunt or, or six people in the hunt looking for that, looking for that major, but Bryson just literally hit it out of the park. Yeah. It's weird. It's, I don't know how we've ended up at this, but the sport that's the most impacted by no crowds is golf, which mm. is kind of weird because <laughs> it's golf, but, I don't know when he got the. Oh, to be fair, I don't know if you were watching, but it's like tradition that the person who's about to win it 
putts last. Bryson mm. just stepped right up and went third last. It just completely <sighs> killed the moment. Just any more reason to hate him, but yeah, right. it was a uh, anticlimactic finish. Disappointing because US Open is usually the best spectator out of best spectator major, but mm. yeah, mm. definitely. All right, that's it, guys. Thank you very much for listening to the second week of the Get Around It podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Get Around It Pod and like us on Facebook at Get Around It Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.